Five years ago, Travis Scott released what some may consider a genre-defining album. In 2015, he released Rodeo, and this album has held up incredibly well, considering it came out around the time where music was essentially disposable. This week on the Bar for Bar podcast, I'm going to discuss Rodeo five years later. Right, so first things first. This album came out September 4th, 2015. Around that time, I wasn't really doing anything. <laughs> I wasn't really listening to this sort of music. I was listening more to, I think still, just kind of like more lyrical-focused rap. Like, I would be listening, like the most mainstream thing I would listen to would be like Kendrick Lamar. And that this was also right around the time where I was starting to accept that trap music was going to be a thing. So I, I didn't even listen to it right when it came out. I didn't listen to it until about a year later, when right before Birds in the Trap came out. And, I mean, I've been exposed to Travis Scott before that, but I wasn't really a huge fan of his. And I think the biggest problem for me, like, listening to it, or getting myself to listen to it, really, is that I wasn't really a fan of trap music at that time. And I still am not really the biggest fan, because... Going back, like, my original exposure, or, yeah, I guess my first experience with trap music was from Future, and to me, I'm not a huge Future fan, so it was kind of like, I was just avoiding that sort of sound, because I'm like, oh, I'm not a huge fan of this, like, mumble trap music, which, I mean, I'm still not a huge fan of Future, but I understand his appeal, for sure. (laughs) But when I finally got around to listening to Rodeo, Man, it definitely lived up to what everyone was telling me. Because with rodeo, Travis Scott literally takes you for a wild ride, like a rodeo. Like, you are on the back of a bull, and he is just bucking the whole time. <laughs> like, everything about this, like, there's a whole lot to really enjoy, really. Like, there's so many different pieces to this album that, I mean... If you take a look at it from afar, you might be like, well, all these songs are just kind of random and they don't really fit a whole theme. And that may be the case, but I feel that it, it worked well. Because like, each song doesn't necessarily flow into the next, but they do for the most part. And you could really take apart any of these songs and just listen to it on its own and it'd be a sta- good standalone song. And that's something that's really hard to do with these sorts of albums. Like, you can have a very cohesive album, but you only like it if you listen to it in the album. Like, for example, like, take any concept albums, even uh, To Pimp a Butterfly. Like, there are some songs on it that I would not listen to on my own. Like, I wouldn't listen to For Free just for the hell of it. Like, honestly, it makes more sense in the context of the album. So... That's what Travis was able to do here, though. He was able to make it so that pretty much each individual song is its own song. Like, you don't have to listen to it as the album. So, that was a good thing. Getting into its impact, let's say. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell because Travis Scott has his own sound, which some people try to emulate, but it doesn't really... It never really sounds like Travis. It just kind of sounds like another rapper using autotune and kind of harmonizing a little bit. 
like you can see like other rappers like like kind of in his lane so like Uzi or not really much future like Thugger I guess like they all kind of have this melodic sort of sound to them but Travis is it feels a bit more I guess abrasive is a good word for it because he kind of tweaks it just a little bit more and by doing so he's able to really make his own sound like most of the people that you see doing this sort of music they sound I guess you can say perfect (laughs) the the pitch isn't like distorting at any point but Travis makes a point to do that to basically make his own sound and I understand why most people would avoid that because it usually doesn't work too well if you just make your own sound like auto-tuned and then overdo it to the point where it starts distorting but Travis does it well and that kind of goes into yeah like there's no one that's like Travis I'd say obviously a lot of people thought that Don Tolliver would be a Travis replacement I guess just I mean based on not based on his music just based on that he was signed to Cactus Jack or Jack Boy sorry so I mean that's what I thought because I didn't listen to Don Tolliver before I even heard that he was getting signed so I was like oh is he gonna be just like Travis Scott no (laughs) and it's interesting to also note that Travis's influence doesn't really go out of Travis's lane you could say so for example he he has this, he has his own sound and with that sound he carries that on throughout a lot of his like on his own albums through his features so like one of the biggest examples of this is on Birds in the Trap you have I forgot which song I believe is actually the first song but you have Andre 3000 on it but listening to it you would never hear Andre 3000 and that's because Travis Scott has a sound that he creates for his albums that he wants to kind of keep consistent so when he has a feature he wants to make them sound like him because that's the sound he's going for it's just kind of an interesting thing to note it's not really related to rodeo at all because that wasn't really a thing on rodeo as far as I could tell there might have been a little bit of pitch changes there here and there but Nothing to the extent of Birds in the Trap. Now, this album definitely... You can definitely tell where he gets his influences from. Because I literally just listened to it to get a refresher. And a lot of it sounds like Kanye. And not early Kanye, where he was more soulful. More everything 808s and beyond. 808s, obviously, because... That's the auto-tune sound that Travis has. Like, his... Kanye, or he, he most... He most um, directly, I guess. Or that's kind of like the biggest connection. Obviously, he is a Kanye protege, but besides that, he's always been influenced by Kanye. So, looking at 808s, you see how Kanye did his um, auto-tune singing. And... I mean, you could say not 808s particularly because that was a lot more singing and less rapping. But 
all the features that he did around that time, like the one he did with Jeezy for Put On, like that auto-tune rapping that he kind of did and like a little bit of singing, that's what I really got from Travis Scott when I listened to Rodeo. The other influences that he pulls is definitely Kid Cudi. Like, like that's without a doubt. Mostly from his humming. <laughs> but also just like the spacey, airy sound that he creates. Like, he took... He took pretty much the best of both of these artists. He took the creativity and kind of rapping style from Kanye and a little bit of production, but then he took a lot of production cues from what Kid Cudi would rap over. Now, that's enough rambling about just Travis, his backstory. As far as this album goes, like I mentioned, I didn't listen to it when it first came out. I listened to it nearly a year after. And, oh my god, when I first listened to it, I because I hadn't listened to anything off this album. So, the first track, Pornography. It starts off with an intro from T.I. And at that time, I wasn't really listening to intros like that. I would be like, oh, it's an intro, I'm going to just skip to the next song. Because typically, intros aren't that great. They're just whatever. And they were just usually talking pieces. However, I chose to stick around because I saw that this song was quite a bit longer than normal intros. Like, it was, I forgot how long it is now, but it was the length of a full song. So, I listened to it, started off with T.I., and then Travis came on. And I was like, okay, this is chill. Like, it was different, for sure. Because you can just kind of hear the beat buzzing in the background. Not quite getting there. And then it switches. And that's when it's like, oh, okay. So this isn't fully a trap beat. This is... a. I mean, it has trap drums, obviously. But it felt like a regular-ass song to me at that time. And then Travis was just straight rapping. And I really enjoyed that. So... I just strapped in and I was like, fuck it, I'm ready for the rest of this ride. <laughs> that took us over to uh, On My This Side, oh, oh My This Side, which is another one of my favorite songs. And again, at this time, I wasn't listening to people like Travis Scott or Quavo or anyone from the Migos or Future, really. So when I realized, like, maybe 10 listens later that Quavo was on Oh My This Side, I was surprised. Because, like I mentioned, I didn't listen to him, so I couldn't really pick up his voice. I couldn't tell that it was him. And for some reason, I guess, when I was listening to it, I didn't pay attention to the feature list. So <laughs> I listened to it, and I was like, oh my god. Like, this is really good. And I guess that's another thing that Travis does, like, like I mentioned with Birds in the Trap. He kind of made Quavo sound just enough like him, so that it threw me off. Obviously, he couldn't do that with 3500. Because 2 chains and Future have a very distinct sound. <laughs> so he was like, okay, fine. I'm going to just keep them sounding how they normally sound. And that is another one of my so favorite songs. And what's crazy is that this is a theme that carried on throughout the first half of the album pretty easily. <clears throat> well, not in the first half, just like the first section. So right off the bat, you have Pornography, Oh My Decide, 3500, Wasted, 90210, Pray For Love. And just those first six songs and on its own were enough to be like, alright, I'm just, I'm in. <laughs> let's, let's fucking do this. Uh, 
like these songs <clears throat> there's not a whole lot to break down because Travis I mean he does have his moments where he does get lyrical like everyone has their moments but that's not what Travis is going for I mean he is a rager <laughs> so he's always looking for something high energy and looking for stuff fun things to say basically like always having the most lyrical lines isn't that interesting not gonna lie so he carries this theme throughout his project and i think what really got me on the first few tracks was that each song sounded similar enough because honestly the first couple times i listened to it oh my decide 3500 sounded like they were the same song and they just kept going Obviously, with Wasted, that changed up a little bit. And then 90210, that changed up again. And then Pray for Love was a completely different song. So it's it was interesting, like, that there was a shift. And, or, I mean, even though there was a shift, it was still consistent. Like, it still had the same sort of energy, you could say. Pray for Love definitely changed it a little bit more than the others, because this... Felt more of a. It was like I mean it was featuring the weekend, so it was kind of like a ballad, and then, it, I don't know, it just felt it, it had a different energy to it. It felt more triumphant than the rest of the tracks previously. Obviously, I really do enjoy all these songs on the first half. Wasted is kind of like whatever to me, but it was pretty good as well. I probably can't say that I didn't like this because all you Travis fans are gonna murder me. <laughs> but then we get to Nightcrawler, Piss on Your Grave, and honestly, I wasn't huge on these. Like, I did, listening to Piss on Your Grave again made me realize the Kanye influence even more, because they sounded pretty similar here. Uh, Nightcrawler was okay. I really liked the beat, but not for an entire song. Like, I liked it for a couple loops, and then it got boring to me, but that's just me. Antidote, that's just... It's funny how much I reference Antidote. Like, just in regular conversation, just not even anywhere like where it would actually be applicable. <laughs> just just at random. Like, if someone's like, hey, can you open that, up, open that window? I'm like, no, can't open up that window. Can't let out the Antidote. <laughs> uh, and then going through... Uh, Maria, I'm Drunk, that, so, I know the original version of it leaked back when Rodeo came out, and for some reason it didn't actually make the album, I think it was due to sampling, but it, it eventually got onto streaming, I think like a year or so ago, and I never listened to the original leak, but based on this version, if it had actually, if I had actually listened to it when it came out, or if this was on the album when it came out, it would probably be one of my favorite songs because that was kind of what I would be doing. <laughs> like that was when I was a, a little bit younger and would constantly want to go out. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's still a really good song to me. I, I still enjoy it. It's fun. The rest, like this is where the album starts to trail off for me though, just because it kind of has to. The original album ends, uh, what, three tracks later? Or, well, two tracks if you're, if Maria I'm Drunk wasn't on there. So it 
gets a little bit slows down. Like that's expected. Flying High and I can tell were cool, but they're not really songs that I've returned to too frequently. And then Apple Pie was a really good outro because it's basically like him saying, yo, I'm gonna just do it my own way. I'm not gonna follow no recipe. I'm not gonna do what everyone expects me to do. I'm not gonna basically follow in the footsteps of my contemporaries. I'm gonna actually carve my own lane. And that's exactly what he's done because like I mentioned at the beginning, no one sounds like Travis Scott. <laughs> he is his own entity, and I don't think we're ever really going to find anyone that can be considered a Travis Scott. <clears throat> I don't think we can ever find anybody that can be considered a Travis Scott clone at this point, or anytime soon, really. I mean, maybe in about five years, when the kids who grew up listening to Travis Scott start to rap, possibility kind of like how a lot of kids or not a lot of kids how a lot of newer rappers not like super new like the previous generation rappers thought or looked to Lil Wayne and are heavily influenced by him although Lil Wayne's Lil Wayne's influence kind of goes way beyond just one generation so that's a whole nother thing (laughs) anyways This album is definitely his best because, I mean, you listen to Birds in the Trap, it's good, but it's a definite departure from this album. Like, there's, and Birds in the Trap, I feel, was, well, it was meant to be more of like a mixtape sort of thing, so it's not really considered his second album, you could say, like, it's not his uh, sophomore album. It's really just a departure entirely from what Travis was doing on this. And he really leaned more into the trap sound. With Birds in the Trap, he it didn't have like a theme to it. So each song was kind of... It, it tended to be more different from the next. Whereas on Rodeo, even though we're on a, on a wild ride, basically, it, we get a bit more cohesion here. And I'm, that's all. That's what I really enjoy in albums. So it needs to be cohesive. <laughs> um, and then with Astro World, obviously, like that's something that he's been hyping up, and I don't think it was ever gonna live up to expectations. So I'm not upset that it's not as good as Rodeo or be- better than Rodeo. But I know a lot of people are kind of like disappointed in it. Anyways. I see this album doing great in the future. There's there's a lot to it that I can see other people pulling from. I just don't know how well it's going to hold up. You know what I mean? Cuz it's definitely it's definitely holding up now 5 years later because I can still throw on pretty much any of these songs and be like, oh yeah, this this is cool. But would I be able to say that five years from now? Who knows? We don't really know where the sound of rap is going to go. Because even in these five years, we've seen changes. And we've seen this heavy trap influence kind of rise and then not peter off, but they leveled off and kind of dipped a little bit, I could say. 
And then we had the SoundCloud rap wave back in like, I guess late 2016 is when it really started popping off. And then it stopped almost entirely in 2018. And then we started going back into this, I don't know, I don't even know what you would call current rap. Like it's, there's not really been a change. It's just kind of a mix of everything that we've seen in the last five to ten years. So it's, there hasn't really been a new sound that's emerged recently. That's at least been long lasting. Because everyone's just kind of on this melodic rap trend. And I, I, okay, that that's probably what it is. Because, yeah, I mean, melodic rap wasn't really popping until... Yeah, I guess the last couple of years. Because obviously Thugger's been doing that for a while. And Thugger was on this album, so clearly he's been doing it a little bit before that. And Thugger originally was just straight rap, so he had to change himself to kind of find a lane. But, I don't know, it's weird. I don't know where things are going to go. Because if, if we just stay with melodic rap stuff... Travis Scott's still solid, because even though this album wasn't as melodic as some rap, like, it's not going to be like Lil Baby or Gunna or what Thugger's been doing more recently, it's still close enough, I'd say. Because even, like, if you look at Thugger, um, shoot, I don't remember... Oh, So Much Fun. Yeah, on So Much Fun, like, there were songs where he was just mostly rapping. So, this kind of fits in that, I'd say. I really just don't know where things are going to go. Because <laughs> if, if I'm right, and this, like, the youth of today, or youth that grew up listening to Travis Scott become rappers... I'm sure his influence would be pretty significant because Travis Scott is one of the biggest artists out there. And even if he doesn't, like, even if people don't really pick up on his influence directly, I'm sure people are going to go towards the rodeo direction a little bit more. However, I do feel like this, in five years or so, this sound might be a bit dated. So it's a little weird. I don't really know where things are going. I think... I think Travis is in a good place with this album. I don't know what other people are going to do, though. Just... It's weird. I know that people are probably taking influence from Travis in terms of fashion. Because that's something that's a little bit more tangible, you could say. And more obvious. Because, hell, everyone, everyone's trying to be a fashion designer. That's in some capacity. So it's not surprising. I mean, you see a bunch of people online. Like, a lot of streetwear is influenced off of what people like Travis are wearing. And obviously Travis wearing things is influencing that market too. But... As far as the music goes, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm sure there's going to be influence, but I'm not sure how it's going to play out. Because thus far we haven't really heard anyone say, Yeah, I'm super influenced by Rodeo. 
and uh, Days Before Rodeo, and um, yeah, I think more people would be inclined to say that they've been influenced by Birds in the Trap, because that is a more generic sound, <laughs> you could say. I don't know, though. Anyways, I really enjoyed this album, and it definitely has held up well for me, so let me know what you think, because who knows where Rodeo is going to end up in five years, ten years, twenty years even. Will hip-hop even be around that long? Who knows? But yeah, let me know in the comments below what you thought about Rodeo when it came out, and how well does it hold up for you today? Because... If you're anything like me, you're probably still just listening to random tracks off of it because they're pretty hype. Like, they're good songs just to throw on and listen to. Also, like and subscribe if you want to see me ramble about albums and stuff like this more often. And thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Please stay safe out there.